Hey, welcome in to Talking Catholic. As you guys just seen, Father Altman is here in the studio. Sorry about starting a little bit late. We had a couple technical difficulties due to um, me. <laughs> but so, yeah, welcome in. Hey, 49 years ago, I don't know if you guys noticed that, but 49 years ago on October 7th, uh, 1571, was the Battle of Lepanto. That was when a fleet of the Holy League, a coalition of um, Catholic and Catholic Christian states, which was arranged by Pope Pius V, they engaged a fleet from the Ottoman Empire in the Gulf of Patras in a naval battle, which if the Ottomans had won, um, it would have been the end of Christian civilization as we know it. We all would be Muslims right now, right? And so at this, as the sea battle was, was leading up to the sea battle, Pope Pius V asked the Christians throughout all of Europe to pray the rosary, right? um, to seek the intercession of the Blessed Mother um, with her son for a Christian victory. The Pope also ordered churches to conduct continuous periods of Eucharistic adoration. He prompted the rosary confraternities in Rome to hold processions during which the rosary would be prayed. The faithful of Europe were all fervently praying at the same time for the same purpose, to save Christianity. Every Christian soldier and sailor aboard the Christian vessels prayed the rosary on the eve of the battle, and they also had received the Holy Eucharist before selling. The end result? On October 7th, this day, the battle lasted just five hours, with the ships fighting in close proximity. The Turks had the edge of the numbers. But the tactics, the total guns, the leadership, and divine providence won the day for the Christians. When the battle was over, the Turks had lost 20,000 men and 200 ships. The Catholic losses were less, 8,000 men and only a few vessels. By the grace of God, Christianity was saved. Again, Christianity was saved with people willing to take up their weapons, take up their weapons and fight in this election. We are facing the same issue. We are facing another Lepanto moment. Take up your weapons and fight as if your life depends on it. Father Altman, a St. James the Lesser Catholic Church of La Crosse, Wisconsin, a man who is fully engaged in today's Lepanto battle, is here on Talking Catholic today. You've heard him interviewed on Grace Force with Father Hyman and Doug Berry. You've heard him on his YouTube sermons that went viral. You heard him interviewed on several other podcasts. But now you, the ones who he calls dear family, get to talk to him directly here on Talking Catholic. This is your online town hall format here, so you can talk to him directly. Um, I'll be your moderator. I'll be a little bit better than Chris Matthews, right? Um, so if you do have a question for Father Altman, just post it in the comment box um, below and for the next hour um, he'll try to answer as many questions as he can and we'll begin right after this eight second introduction to talking catholic <laughs> Father Altman, welcome on to Talking Catholic. How you doing? I'm well, thank you. It's good to see you. Yeah, good to see you as well. Hey, a lot of people are already 
here in in um, logging on, and I see we already have some questions in the um, in the um, in the comment box. So, how you doing? I can't see them. So you're going to ask them. Yeah, we're going to post. I'm going to post them on the screen, and you'll see them. So, okay. how you doing? I'm well, thank you. Uh, it's a lovely day outside. Although that opening scene, you know, where you've got that, it looks like a steeple in the middle of winter. I'd like to go there. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, where is that? This um, it was a it's an old defunct parish. It's an Orthodox um, Christian or Russian Orthodox, but it was a okay. beautiful picture. Yeah. yeah. What um, how's the parish? How's how's um, St. James the Less? How you how are you guys? How's your family doing there? Doing well. The uh. During the school week, we have about 100 school kids, K through 12 there, and uh, it's so beautiful to see all the little ones, and uh, and then then the regulars, and then periodically people from other places. Today, there were uh, a couple people from California were there, and wow. three ladies from Minneapolis were there. So I, I do a lot of talking uh, than, than I used to uh, in visiting after Mass, so I don't get to get right back. My mother's all concerned because I'm not eating enough, and... <laughs> I'm visiting. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's, that's a typical mother, right? Yes, it is. Yes, she is. <laughs> hey, so I want to kick things off here um, with a video that I'm going to play. Okay. And that um, I want to get your thoughts on, right? Right, sure. And I was 17 years old. As I got out of the car, two men dressed in suits, one heading to the Hercules building, the other one heading to the DuPont Company building leaned over and kissed one another, embraced, and I just turned and looked at my dad. And this is what he said to me. He said, Joey, it's simple. They love each other. It's simple. As you know, when I was vice president, I spent a lot of time traveling around the world. And I'd speak out about this issue in these countries. And I'd be told in some of the countries it's cultural. Well, let me tell you something. Those who try to excuse this kind of discrimination in the name of culture, I say prejudice is prejudice and humanity is humanity. It is a crime. And using religion or culture as a license to discriminate, demonizing the community, individuals to score political points is no more justifiable around the world than it is here at home, and our policy should reflect that. But despite losing in the courts and in the court of public opinion, these forces of intolerance remain determined to undermine and roll back the progress you all have made. And this time, they, not you, have an ally in the White House. This time, they have an ally. They're a small percentage of the American people, virulent people, some of them the dregs of society. The dregs of society. I know, it sounds like Hillary Clinton and her deplorables. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's always the case where the most intolerant are those who preach tolerance. And that whole little snippet there that you gave me was just nothing but intolerance towards Christianity, which, by the way, happens to be enshrined in our Constitution. Right. I, I, he seems to forget that. He's somebody who's supposed to be so smart and graduating at the top of his law school. Um, to denigrate our faith and our right to have our faith and to live our faith in, in a public way is every bit as intolerant and every bit as virulent 
uh, as anything I've ever heard. Uh, he is a disgrace to the Catholic Church. He is no more Catholic than the Dalai Lama. Joe Biden, stay out of the Catholic Church, period. You know, I, if he wants to believe what he wants to believe, fine. But quit calling yourself Catholic. Quit trying to pander to the Catholic vote and pretend you're a Catholic. Because you are not Catholic, Joe Biden. You're a fake and you're a pretender. You make me sick. That's yes. it. I can say he's entitled to his whatever his opinion is he wants to have, fine. But don't be a liar and try to tell any Catholic that you're Catholic. Because you're not. All right. That's like, yeah, like, yeah, it just makes you sick. It does. It does. It does. It makes you angry. I mean, holy anger. Well, and, and it's crazy because we we think Joe Biden at some point in time in his adult life just jumped off the cliff. Yeah. But in, in, in the beginning of this video, he we hear that he got that from his father. He says yeah. he saw two men kiss. Yeah. And he knows instinctually, you know, by by nature, yeah. his his everything, you know, his everything about him yeah. created by God is telling him that that's unnatural. But he turns to his father, who's a Catholic. Yeah. And his father says, oh, that's just love. Yeah. Do you actually believe that's a true story? I don't believe it for a second. He just no, made it, that stuff it, up as he's given to making stuff up. I don't believe it for a second. He's a liar. He's proven that so many times. I mean, so many times he's been a liar. Okay, and, we, and it's recorded, right? For 47 years, he's been a liar. So do you think I'm going to believe that made-up story? Not on your life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the story does change. I'll give you that. His story does change over time. So. <laughs> so it could be it could be like him taking like what, he took some fire or something in Africa. He said so. Yeah. Um, here, I can, I, can I just say okay? Because there's confusion out there, and it and it sounds good. Love is love. That's a circular definition which is inherently false. Uh, the love. As a Catholic, now, if you're going to define it as a Catholic, if you don't want to be Catholic, okay, go be what you want to be, because that's also enshrined in the Constitution. But love, as a Catholic has defined it for 2,000 years, was defined on Calvary. It's giving of yourself, it's sacrificing yourself for the good of the other, and the summum bonum, the highest good, is eternal salvation in heaven, as defined by God, not by us. If you believe in the Creator, He created, He obeys, or He commands, we obey. So love is willing the, the good of the other unto self-sacrifice. That love is love is plain BS, and it's been in our culture now since that was put out there as a, as a, as a way to confuse people. Well, okay, don't call yourself Catholic because the Catholic definition is sacrifice yourself on your own cross, carry it daily. That is love. Right. So Joe Biden has no clue, or he'd be what saying that instead of risking people's eternal souls because, it, yeah. That, that, I hope that makes sense because it's true. It, it is. It is. I mean, because I think it makes sense to everyone here. I mean, it's, it's what he's talking about is disordered love, right? Which is yes. which yeah. is demonic. So, yeah. you know, I I can understand because you know, as a as a confessor, everyone, including myself, has weakness and sinfulness, and uh, go to even a good thing can be can become bad if it's if it's if it's an excess. If, if you're not at the gold mean, I think that is that Aristotle. Anyway, uh, where um, food, food, which is inherently a good thing, can become an evil in your life if you turn to that instead of for, for healing the wounds within us. And we all have them uh, instead of turning to God for the grace that comes that can only heal divine healing. I understand everybody has wounds in them that are just part of 
human life because because we're a fallen race. So the the idea of, of what a Catholic is supposed to do is bring that light of Christ, which is the healing grace, to bring healing in a person's life so that they no longer turn to some disordered affection toward food or drugs or or promiscuity or whatever whatever the vice might be. If we love someone, we want to bring them that healing grace. That, that's love. I, it's, it's frustrating. Yeah, 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 it is. You ready for, ready some, for questions? some questions? Okay. Well, was that your question? I don't, you just you just played that. Yeah, to get that off the table, put that that elephant. Let's talk about that right now. I just I just want to I just want to get, get your blood going. Well, you and you did, but I mean, really, you talk about virulent. Yeah, he was nothing but virulent and intolerant. Nothing but intolerant. And the fact is, you know, as a lawyer, I know what the Constitution says, and I know what our Bill of Rights says. And you, he's attacking. But remember, Hillary said this. She said this in 2015. That their whole agenda is they're going to use the law and the power of government to get us to, to force us to change our deep-seated beliefs. Never mind that our deep-seated beliefs happen to be enshrined in the Constitution. Right. So, boy, they don't. People as a whole are uninformed, low information, don't understand the threat this poses to our freedom to be to practice our faith. Right? It's not an interior thing. We're supposed to practice that out in the public square. And speaking, and speaking of practicing, of practicing our, our faith, faith. Uh, Father, what do you think about the dogma um, outside of the church, there is no salvation? Yeah. Are you just really trying to get me fired? <laughs> yeah, there was no confusion about this. Uh, for the first 1,950 years of the Catholic Church, 1,965, I should say, uh, there was simply no confusion about it. And... Uh, as it has been put forth of late, the idea is that, and I, I'm not claiming to be an expert on this, but the idea is that the grace flows through the Catholic Church. All grace flows through the Catholic Church, through the one and only church that Jesus established. And it goes out, and some people, they, they only have a portion of the fullness of grace. I think that's why they tried, theologians tried to... Uh, be more merciful than God himself, uh, more merciful than, you know, John chapter three, where Jesus says to Nicodemus, who comes to him in the middle of the night, uh, unless you're born again of water and the spirit, baptism, then you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Or like in John chapter six, where, where Jesus was crystal clear. I don't know how more crystal clear you can make it. Night and day, crystal clear. Unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you do not have life within you. And of course, John six six six, the Jews all leave, don't they? They all walk away. How ironic is it that 666 is where they walk away? And he doesn't chase them down. There, in no time during his public ministry, does, when he runs into somebody who doesn't believe, right? Does he say, well, you don't believe yet. Oh, let me grab you by the shoulders. I'm going to work it. You stand right there. I'm going to work another miracle until you believe. No, that's not what he said. That's not what he did. And then he not only did he show us and teach us, he, he taught the apostles, listen, you go to reach the truth one time. They believe. Great, you stay with them. If they don't believe, what did he say? You go outside the town, you shake your 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 dust off your sandals, which is a sign of condemnation against the people. And what, then what did Jesus say? Just so we're not confused about condemnation, he said, "It'll go worse for that for that town yeah. on the day of judgment than for Sodom and Gomorrah." Well, listen, okay. So how much? That always made me laugh when I read that because 
you know, Abraham goes up on the hill the next day and he looks down over the cities of the plain. There were actually five. It wasn't just Sodom and Gomorrah. He looks down over the, the cities of the plain and there's all he sees is smoke rising. Right. OK. How much worse could it be? So uh, the, the no salvation outside the church. It is through the church and through only through the church that salvation comes. So whether whether we want whether we want to say, well, oh, that's not fair. God isn't very merciful if he doesn't make any non-Catholic get to heaven. Uh, it, it's a slippery slope to go down there because it's like it's like one of the uh, esteemed clerics in our in our church today says, well, von Balthasar says, dare we hope that uh, everybody goes to heaven? Dare we hope that nobody's in hell? And I'm thinking, well, I don't know. Our Blessed Mother in Fatima, maybe you heard me talk about this before. Our Blessed Mother in Fatima shows little children, little children. I mean, we're talking, what was it, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, right in there. Three of them shows them hell. And and dare we hope that our Blessed Mother was just kidding? Well, she having a bad day. She just wanted to scare little children. Show them hell. Oh, don't worry about it. But don't worry about it, kids. I'm just joking. That never, Nobody ever really goes there. Never mind that you've just seen tons of demons, tons of people in hell. Dare we hope that our Blessed Mother was kidding? How can you compare our Blessed Mother, Jesus the Lord, who talked about hell all the time uh, and said many go, many choose to go there, only a few go to heaven. How do you compare that with some modern theologian like Von Balthazar who says, well, dare we hope that uh, nobody goes to hell and we all go to heaven. That is pure baloney. And uh, and so is, and anybody who, who promotes that, leading lambs astray, I wouldn't want to be them on judgment day. Listen, we're called to the cross. We're called to self-sacrifice. And that is a life of suffering, offering it up for the salvation of souls. That's what we are called to do. So, and that is what the Catholic Church teaches. I don't, I'm not sure that there's any other out there that, that follow faithfully. You know, you look at 2,000 years of the unchanged, unchangeable truth. Like I'm not, this is not my opinion. Yeah. This is this is 2,000 years. So I don't care what post V2 theologian or cleric decides to come up with as a nicer, more merciful than Jesus himself. It's, it's what Jesus said, and we handed that down faithfully. There was no confusion about this issue prior to that. None, zero. 20 ecumenical councils before the 21st, V2, no confusion. So it sounds so, like so, you disagree that Catholic, um, the Catholic Church is just the, the privileged route. Oh, for crying out loud. That was a, you, you, what'd you do? Did you just stay up late last night and come up with a, a list of, here, listen, can I, can I tell you the answer to this? Can I just, okay, so that's from the interview with Ben Shapiro, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, Jesus just, listen, here's the deal. Ben Shapiro asks that person a question and says, uh, well, what are you saying that, you know, I follow, I'm I'm a faithful, I'm trying to strive to be, so was St. Paul, by the way, when he was persecuting the Catholics in the, in the early church, I'm trying to be really faithful to those 10 commandments. And then there's 603 other ones because the total is 613. I've read them. I've read them. They're divided into chunks, right? It's like this. This set of rules applies to this issue of life. And anyway, I'm following those 613 rules assiduously, and I think I'm an ethical man. I'm, I'm trying to raise up good children. Words to that effect, right? So he says to this person, "Are you telling me that I'm?" Yeah, I think he used this very phrase. Are you telling me that I'm screwed because I don't believe in Jesus, right? Yeah. Here's the proper answer. And Jesus always did it this way, by the way. When somebody asks him a question. He'd always answer with the question, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so here's what that person should have said to Ben Shapiro. And by the way, I could not have greater esteem for Ben Shapiro. God bless him. 
he does incredible things standing up for truth. I, I, I have such great respect for him and, and his ability uh, to stand up in front of a firing squad, as it were, of these libs that pepper him with questions, often low and uninformed, misguided collegians. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, this is what the person should have said to Ben Shapiro. Well, listen, Ben, you obviously think those 613 rules are important to your eternal salvation because you follow them assiduously. Mm-hmm. So I don't. So are you telling me that if I don't, you obviously found because you think you that's that is the way to eternal salvation. Are you telling me I'm screwed because I'm Catholic and don't believe that I have to follow those other 603 rules that are man-made rules that Jesus specifically criticized, by the way? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you telling me that I'm screwed? I mean, that's a better that's a better way to answer that question. That would be a nice turn. That would be a nice turn. Yeah. Instead of saying, oh, no, no, Jesus is just a privileged way. Well, I don't know. I didn't, you know, unless somebody's a nice opinion, isn't it? Because that's not what Jesus said in the Bible. Not at all. So, you know, as between a modern day theologian, and I don't care if they have uh, different colors of cassocks, between them and between what Jesus said and between what 1,965 years of the Catholic Church has taught, I'm going with Jesus and the 1,965 years of the Catholic Church, I'm not going with some modern theologian who thinks they're more merciful. And have a better idea than Jesus. Can you, you get you get to the gates of heaven, right? And Jesus is standing there. He said, "I'm the way, and here are the wounds that I suffered to prove it." Um, so yeah, but I, I step aside, Jesus, because you're just a privileged way. I'm coming in another. <laughs> Can you right. imagine doing that? I, his blessed mother standing there, right? Yeah. And he says, uh, <laughs> "My son said I told you to do whatever he told you to do." It's you came up with your own idea about ah, it's a privileged way. Well, sorry, sorry. You know, I, they they love us. They love all of us. They love the heretics amongst us. But Jesus loved Judas too. He called him friend in the yeah. garden. Friend, would you betray me with a kiss? Which means you are you are basically blood brother to me. Mm-hmm. Would you? I've given you. I've shared my divine power with you. I sent you out. You have healed people in my name. You have driven out demons in my name. Would you, Judas, my friend, my family? Would you betray me with a kiss? He gave Judas one line. Remember, he asked the question. He didn't say to Judas when he comes up, right? He said, you loser. You call, wait, wait. Do you see what's in store for you, you loser? Right. No, he asked him a question, which is very, which is consistent, right? What did God do when, when Adam and Eve disobeyed? Yeah. He came down. He said, oh, why are you hiding? He didn't say, hey, you know, I was up there watching and I saw what you did. Yeah. You know, out of the garden you go. No, he asked him a question first, right? And here's what they didn't do. They didn't say, Forgive me, Father, for I've sinned. Now, Eve blames the serpent, and, or blames, and Adam blames Eve or something like that. Yeah. Look at Cain and Abel, right? God comes down, Cain, where's your brother? He didn't say, well, I'm watching up there, and gosh darn it, you, <laughs> I already told you, don't get mad. It's going to have a bad result. He says, what, where's your brother? And what did, what did Cain do? He didn't say, Father, forgive me. I, you warned me. I sinned. I, I, I let anger take the best of me, and... Please forgive me. He didn't ask for forgiveness. He didn't repent, right? And what what did, what did then God say? Well, he asked him the questions. He said, your blood, your brother's blood cries to me from the soil. From the soil. There, now look at, fast forward to Judas again in the garden. He didn't say, you loser, you betrayer. He said, Judas, would you betray me? Come on, just, Judas could have said this. He could have said, Lord, I, I know I've sinned. I know I have done the wrong thing. And it's out of my hands now. It's, it's beyond my control. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I've done wrong. Yeah. That's not what Judas did. No, he he kissed him. He betrayed yeah. him with a kiss. So 
Uh, so today, bring that now to, to our day today, when you hear people running around saying such foolish things as, dare we hope that nobody's in hell, dare we hope everybody's in heaven, contrary to our blessed mother in Fatima, or Jesus is just a privileged way, listen, repent, repent and quit misleading the flock. Just, oh, the truth is simple. It's not like I have to make it up. This isn't rocket science. So, yeah, sorry. See, okay. Any other loaded questions? Oh, here's, here's, here's the easy one. I'll let you, okay. I'll let you get your blood pressure down for one second. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, um, Dana's asking, uh, Father, how's your health? Yeah. Well, prior to about 40 minutes ago or 20, <laughs> it's probably doing pretty good. Um, that, you know, so when I first, it was almost a year ago because it's October 9th when I went into Mayo's and they, they freaked out about my heart uh, that, you know how, like when you get, I think they're called EKGs and, the, and it goes up like this, like when your heart beats and my, mine was going down and they explained it to me is part of your heart has died. And, and then uh, one of the EKG assistants was in my room again, you know, they take your vitals constantly. So it was about nine o'clock at night and I wasn't comprehending all that was going on. Sleep deprivation probably had something to do with it. And so I said to him, what does that mean that they use the word ischemia? I think if I'm pronouncing it correctly. And just deadpan, he goes, dead is dead. So what that meant was that part of the heart that was going down like this, it, it dies. It doesn't come back. And that was part of the reason why there was pain. And uh, so, but I just had an EKG here. July, it was in July, I went back in because I thought eh, something doesn't feel right. And, and it doesn't go down anymore. So, okay. I have to say, prayer, prayer, healing comes because because I'm I'm normal this way now. I guess uh, mm -hmm. at least at least as to this thing, there's a couple other things wrong inside there, but yeah, we're alive. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Thank you all. Thank you each and every one. Yeah, so many people are praying for you. I see that that question was uh, a lot of people ask that same question. I see some. Um... Let's see, Nathan, what can you say to confused Catholics whose bishops, some very public, yeah. who say that climate change and racism are just important as abortion? These bishops are making slanderous statements. So, so yeah, Nathan, I, I, Nathan is talking about how abortion is should yeah. be the um, preeminent priority. Garment. It's a seamless garment, which was a heresy when Cardinal Bernadine, who was not a good guy, when he came up with that in, was it the 60s, 70s? The seamless garment is a heresy. Okay, so Cardinal Lorenzo actually has the best answer to this. Love the guy. <laughs> he has the best one-liners. You, you can watch him on, on YouTube. And uh, he said, you, somebody asked him kind of a similar question. He said, you don't, uh, can a pro-board politician receive Holy Communion? Pay attention, Joe. Uh, I, I, I just, you know. Yeah, I don't know how anybody thinks it's okay for him to go up uh, and receive Holy Communion when he takes public stances completely contrary to the five non-negotiables of the Catholic Church. So Cardinal Renze says, uh, well, do, you, you don't need a cardinal of the Catholic Church to answer this question. Ask a third grader. Just tell a third grader that uh, on Saturday, uh, a mother is going to walk into an abortion clinic and they're going to stick something, four sets up there, and they're going to rip that baby apart limb by limb. The baby can feel pain uh, very early on. The heart starts beating barely, what is it? I don't know, it's nine or 12 days, something like that. It's very quick. Uh, and they're gonna rip that baby to shreds and kill it. it they obviously are killing it because if, if it wasn't alive, they wouldn't have to kill it. Mm -hmm. So um, 
So compare that and then can, then multiply that by 10,000 because it happens, you know, Saturday is the busiest day in abortion clinics, right? Because, you know, it's a day off for everybody. They got their Friday paycheck to pay for it. So out of the 20,000 or so per week, half are on Saturdays. So that's about 10,000. 10,000 times. If I did it once, that'd be heinous beyond, you know, you know, we talked about Hitler. Oh, bad, bad guy. How about somebody who goes in and rips a baby apart limb by limb? And that's what it is. Uh, and, and now, and, and they're trying to say that's okay right up until the baby is like completely fully formed uh, for partial birth abortion. Yeah. What a diabolical, demonic thing that is. So um, to, now compare that to, uh, you know, Mark, the climate hoax. Get, all you need to do is look up in the night sky and see every star, the trillions of stars that are up there and say, do, do we really think humanity has control over the planet or what natural things are within God's realm of the planet who created everything uh, that, that we have that much control over the planet's well-being? Yeah, th here's the thing. So about 97% of the greenhouse gases are, are produced by the earth itself and all that's in it. Humanity is responsible for, I think, 3%. Wow. China and India, the worst polluters, are responsible for the vast majority of that 3%. The United States at best is responsible for 0.45 of 1%, which means you could atom bomb 330 million people in the United States right now. Just boom, we're all gone. And still 99.55% of, of the, the greenhouse gases are still going to be produced every year, 97% of which is by the earth itself. Yeah. So this, what are they, so what is this all about? It's all about population control. Bill Gates and his cadre of uh, diabolically inspired people. It's all about population control. Yeah. And uh, which is why he spends 1.25 billion over at the state university of Washington to promote his, his population agenda. And uh, so that's really what it all comes down to. So to tell me that to tell me that ripping apart a baby, ripping off its arms and its legs is comparable to some mythological climate hoax. Margaret Thatcher had a really good quote about it, by the way. It is decades ago. She said that climate stuff is all sounds to me like it's just about a way to enforce socialism, to institute socialism. And she had her finger on the pulse back then. Now listen, yeah. what was it? Was it 1970s? Where they were saying we're going into the next ice age, yes. right? Yeah. Holy Moses! And and okay, so there's a leading cleric in this world who suggests uh, that Earth is getting back at us for the, <laughs> our abuse of the Earth, right? That's why we're having this feardemic, this this fake thing. Yeah. And uh, the thing is, so well then, how is the Earth pre-industrialization? How is the Earth getting back at all those people who died from the bubonic plague? Or, or from, I mean, that's, there have been plagues throughout all of human history. Yeah. Like when we weren't, as they allege, polluting Mother Earth, right? Yeah. Isn't that the Pachamama, Mother Earth, the Earth goddess, fertility goddess, right. looking and, all and, fertile? And, 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 and it's, it's a weird thing to say because it, it imputes guilt on like the Earth. I mean, it's like you're, you're, you're judging the Earth and condemning the Earth for some, you're, you're calling the Earth some sort of actor. Yes, that has a conscience like, that that, yes. that has that's complicit in murdering millions of people. Right. I mean, well, she's just getting back at us, though, and that's fair. That's fair game. If, if we if we've abused Holy Mother Earth, I, it's just so crazy. 
I can't believe I'm hearing this from any cat person who calls himself Catholic. Right. How and, much, how, un is and he's here. And um, th this is similar to something that a priest in, in St. Louis told me. It was about Freemasonry, though. Yeah. Um, she says a priest in the Diocese of Wilmington told, um, told her that um, Biden can receive communion because they don't want to cause a second scandal scandal and the same thing you know i was talking to a priest in st louis because there there used to be a, a, a pretty well-known congressman who used to go to mass there yeah. at this parish and he's a freemason publicly known to be a freemason and so the priest tells me well i don't want to don't want to cause scandal so i want you to answer that question but also and double it up with this one from um the caldera siblings do you hate joe biden I hate what Joe Biden does, which is pretend he's Catholic. Um, we are to love our enemies and pray for them. But just because we love them and pray for them does not make them any less of an enemy. You know, Jesus prayed. You know, this too, by the way, that's often misquoted. Jesus at the Last Supper. Go read John 14, 15 and John 15, 14. And, you know, Jesus talked about, if you love me, you keep my commandments. And Jesus talks about, I think it's in chapter 17, as he's wrapping up the Last Supper testament says i pray for these father who follow me i don't pray for the world i'm not praying for everybody else out there i'm praying for these my shepherds who are going to follow me. so uh you can prove text till the cows come home that's what protestants do but the fact of the matter is when you look at it as a whole um yeah we pray for our our, our enemies we pray for those who persecute us but that does not mean they're gonna we have a, a two thousand years of martyrs that say uh yeah it still ends in our martyrdom uh just like this might end in mine. I don't know. <laughs> so I don't hate Joe Biden. I hate him pretending he's a Catholic. That's right. the action. So, uh, but God forbid you say anything because then it's, oh, you hate the person. No, I hate what they're doing. I hate abortionists. I hate people who support abortionists, uh, what they do, because that's pure evil. Uh, and and to then not call them out for it, to pretend like it's a-okay, uh, can't say anything bad about them. Uh, you know, it's ironic, too, because those are the same people that say something bad about us. Uh, yeah, so uh, but as for Joe Biden receiving Holy Communion, that is a scandal in and of itself. Listen, you're reacting to what his action is. His action is he had the audacity to approach the Holy Communion rail when, as you saw recently, Cardinal Burke specifically said again, and not for the first time, that he is not a Catholic in good standing. Therefore, he should not receive Holy Communion. So... That's I think I think that answers the question. It, it, it's, it actually does cause a second scandal when you give it away. There was a cardinal who gave Holy Communion away to a Jewish Jewish mayor and to a, a Lutheran pastor. Everybody's watching and sees this and gives it away. It's like it's like handing out communion, like handing out candy at Halloween. You know, if if that is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ, and you have to be a Catholic in good standing, that has been the truth for two thousand years. How dare any cleric commit? create scandal by just giving it away. It, it's, it's no wonder nobody believes it's a real presence anymore because clerics aren't acting like it is, giving it away, Halloween candy. Right. Have you heard of, um, have you heard of someone named Nick Fuentes and the America First movement? I don't think, I'm, if I do, I don't remember. Okay, okay. We had but, a question here, someone asking what were your, what were your thoughts. So now I'll come back to that. And let me see. By the way, by the way, I might have my manner and tone might be a little off here today. But the fact 
I've yet to see anybody say that I have not spoken consistently with 2,000 years of the Catholic Church. No. Not, not like it. They might have their own opinion like they like Martin Luther did, you know, 500 years ago. I got a better idea what the Catholic Church should be teaching. So I'm going to make my own church a Lutheran church. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. You got old, old um, cats here. It says, thank you, Father Altman, speaking out for Christ. Uh, we'll continue to heal your heart. It worked for my husband. I'm an old nurse. I've seen it happen more than once. So she's just sending you a nice thank you. Oh, tell her thank you. I guess, or, or I guess I can tell her thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Mary Jo says, you're getting father fired up, David. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So you got a lot of, a lot of well, this people. Is, we're, we're at a crossroads here. We're at a fork in the road. And uh, our freedom of religion, which is what I do value, uh, is under siege. So we all should be fired up. And and when and when we're called, what did what did you you not take? You said, "Oh, we're intolerant." No, no, I, that's not intolerance. Stand up for your faith. Yeah. Um, someone else says, "Father Alden, thank you for your holy boldness, speaking the truth and making us stronger. <clears throat> you are that grain of sand and the oyster which creates magnificent pearls on us." Um, Nathan S. How much trouble? How much of the trouble we're having in the church and world today? Is connected to the idolatrous signet, signet from last October. He's talking about the Amazon Senate. Yes, I know how, exactly what he's talking how about. How wrong would it be for someone to go cut down that Pachamama tree? <laughs> oh, you know what? I never thought of that. That's the first I've heard that. Um, October 6th, yesterday, a year ago, that, I, that idol... That abomination was brought into the temple. We all know this. On October 6th as well, um, Sister Sisangawa from Akita had an apparition for the first time since I think one of the first ones for like 73. Uh, you know, Fatima said, pray hard the rosary or bad things are going to happen. Uh, it comes to Akita in 73, I think. It's not fully approved by the church yet, but but it certainly seems certainly true, uh, experientially, uh, that uh, oh, it's too late. You didn't pray enough. So it's coming. You can only mitigate the damage, like lessen the hell that's coming. And then now on October 6th, a year ago, in a day, he said, ah, it's here. Get, get ready. Fasten your seatbelts. Yeah. Well, then, then you know, uh, yeah, you hear all sorts of things out there. You don't hear the truth, certainly coming out of China. Uh how anybody defends China is beyond me. That the what they do over there, communism. Communism is evil. We the last two hundred years worth of popes, the last ten vicars of Christ have all explicitly said, in no uncertain terms, socialism, communism is evil. So why do we think any good's coming out of that? You can't get. What did Jesus say? You cannot get good fruit from a bad tree. Communist China is as bad a tree as you're ever going to get on the face of this planet. Why do we think they're okay? Well, anyway, um, so we know Wuhan kind of started there and I never believed for a second that some one lone Chinaman eats a bat in Wuhan in mid-December and all of a sudden every state in every country in the world is infected but and I asked I you know I said to somebody on one of these interviews I said you know, just, just fact check me I listen all I seek in is the truth and what I understood is that the world, world military exercises were held in Wuhan in late, late October last year 
which is like, I don't know, 10,000 soldiers from about 100 different countries, are all gathered down there late October, shortly after, you know, October 6th. And uh, what better group of people to get infected uh, because they're young, they're healthy, they don't show external symptoms any more than young people today, like a year later, show really external symptoms. It, uh, and then you fan them out to the whole world. Huh. Is there a better explanation? I'd like to hear it. How the whole world suddenly becomes infected with Wuhan, even though with the China virus, even though they allege from the get-go in the World Health Organization, backed by Bill Gates, the largest single contributor outside the United States. We don't give any money anymore, thank God. Uh, uh, they they spread that uh, that lie that it was some one guy in it's a bat in mid-December. Right. A bat of all right. things right. too, by the way. You know, you know what I you know what I realized when when President Trump got sick. I realized this is a biological weapon. This oh, is yes. biological. This is biological warfare. Yes, it and is. Not only they, they they try to take down our president, but you know leaders throughout the throughout the yeah. world. This is a this is biological warfare. Now I know yeah. Trump can't say that because those are loaded words. But that's word. That's exactly what we're talking about. So people people, yeah, yeah. People aren't stupid. That we're being treated like we're stupid. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not stupid. We know what's going on here. This just doesn't happen. And 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 don't tell me it wasn't planned because two weeks, two weeks. The entire globe is shut. Listen, I knew when they canceled March Madness last last March, yeah. I thought, oh, there is something up with this. <laughs> now, you don't cancel March Madness for nothing. Now, that's a lot of money. No, that you is a you, lot of money. You know, it's you devastating know. to the economies around the world. Yeah. And as the U.S. goes, so does everything else, right? right, and, right. and they've destroyed our economy, these bad, bad people. Uh, yeah, madness. Absolute yeah, madness. Speaking of, that, uh, speaking of that, Jay Lewis, he asked, can father comment on priests who only provide confession by appointment? They're doing this even before the lockdown, he says. Yeah. Well, you know, Bishop Strickland in Tyler, Texas, in the middle of it all, lockdown, giving kudos to Bishop Strickland. He uh, very diplomatically went very public on his tweets, and he said, essentially, and I'm not trying to put words in his mouth, but this is my recollection pretty clear, that you priests of the world, you get out there and you hear people's confessions. Because as I've always said, listen, if, it, if this virus was a fraction as dangerous as they say it is, well, then we better be putting our lives on the line and hearing people's confessions, trying to get them into a state of grace. Because if, if they do die, then then I will have done my job before Almighty God that I was a minister of his grace. Right. So so uh, Bishop Strickland, really, he, he, told, he gave the message to priests of the world, not just his own diocese. Right. Because there were some dioceses where they weren't even allowed. The shepherds, great shepherds that they were, just allowed that to, to happen. So I, I don't get why a priest is only holding it by, by appointment in the first place, even before this all took place. You know, there were times during the during that when the, the, the first big lockdown where I'd be hearing confessions for three, four hours. I think the longest one was four and a half hour stretch after morning mass uh, because there were that many people that, that needed reconciliation. Yeah. Right. Apparently, others weren't doing it. So, uh, I do, what do we go? What we we are we are ministers of God's grace because if yeah. that wasn't the way God wanted it, unlike the Protestant allegation that oh, I can just go to Jesus. No, that's not what Jesus <laughs> did in the upper tape in the upper room. You know, there were four sacraments uh, created in the upper room. And I thought when I started to think about it, so you got the institution of the Eucharist, the institution of the priesthood. Of course, everybody knows Pentecost. Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit. 
But Jesus rose from the dead and he appeared in the locked upper room and he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Who sins you forgive are forgiven them. Who sins you pull bound or help out. Right? He didn't give that majestic power of forgiveness to everybody. Because if he did, we're all in trouble. Because over our lifetime, we tend to irritate a few people. They, they don't like us anymore. They hate us. I, we know this because yeah. we received a few hate mails. So somebody called the office this morning spewing hate. Oh. You know, it's like one out of 400, but okay, still. Again, the most, like Joe Biden in that original video you showed, the most intolerant are those that preach tolerance. So anyway, um, we are ministers of that grace. Yeah. And, and that is the way Jesus instituted it. And so we are we have a duty to get out there and 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 serve as that minister. And if we don't, yeah, we're gonna answer for it. I yeah. I you know appreciate knew that. You know who understood that the best, I think, in, in recent history was um, Father Damien Molokai, right? Yeah, I mean yes. Saint Damien. I mean, this whole this whole um, Wuhan corona thing starts. I'm like, where's Saint Damien? And it just wasn't a whole lot out here. Just haven't been a whole lot. So. Right. Right there there has been, sadly. Sadly, we bring, we ask for his intercession at the end of every holy mass. Now, yeah, yeah, Charles Borromeo. Do you know the story, that apocryphal story, where he climbed the the pile of bodies to, to anoint somebody on the top? Yeah. I mean, those. That's what we're called to do. That's love. That's carrying your cross. That's self sacrificing yourself for the good of the other. All right. And Melissa, she has a question along that same line. Father, communion on the tongue is banned in my country. Should we receive on the hand or just not at all? And you have some people like this. I've seen some people on my Facebook page. They were saying, I'd rather just not receive at all than have to receive on a hand. What's what's the Where's the Catholic Church on that, Father? Right. Uh, all right. So you know the sacrament of anointing of the sick. You're anointed on your forehead and on the palms of your hand. It's a it's a beautiful, beautiful sacrament. Uh, like like the, through the Saint, Apostle St. James has said, if there's any sick among you, call for the priest. They'll pray over them and anoint them. Uh, it used to be you were anointed on your on your forehead, on your eyes, on your ears, on your nose, on your on your mouth, on your hands and your feet, because that's how you get into sin. So the whole point was anointing uh, to make holy those places where we have sinned. Uh, when a priest is anointed, however, he is not anointed on the palms of his hands. He's anointed on the on the back of his hands because his hands have already been anointed and consecrated during ordination. That's why the priest's hands are the only hands that are supposed to be touching the Holy Eucharist, right. period. And that's always was the case until after V2. 500 years ago, the Protestants, like one of the Cramer's, Cramer's Godly Order by Michael Davies is a good book to help understand this. The Protestants came up with this playbook of how they wanted to destroy the Catholic Church, destroy the sacraments. And they said, how can we destroy belief in the Holy Eucharist? Communion in the hand. So what happened after 1965, Bagnini and the boys there got together and said, hey, this is how it is what we're going to do. We're going to see communion in the hand. They adopted the Protestant playbook to destroy faith in the Holy Eucharist. So, so that's what's happened. That's what 70 some percent now no longer believe in the real presence. So, uh, what now I said this and, and look at some of the, the uh, wolves in sheep's clothing today. Yet they were very quick to say, Oh, some they think that it's, it's more safe, safer to receive in the hand than on the tongue. Well, then the Catholic Medical Association of the United States, they, they've now since a little backtrack, but they came out and they said, no, communion on the tongue is actually safer because you're, the, the saliva uh, kills, kills the virus. You, you don't get it through your mouth. But on your hands, God only knows where those have been. God only knows what you've touched. Your hands are kind of dangerous places. So communion on the tongue is actually safer. And, and the amazing thing is that the, the Catholic Medical Association, I'm not sure quite the word is, in Italy, where this all began, oh, we don't want to be another Italy. Let's, you know, flatten the curve, flatten the curve, so we're not another Italy. 
their med Catholic Medical Association said, communion on the tongue is safer. So I got snarky, uh, appropriately so. And I said, well, you know, a lot of shepherds were very, very quick to outlaw communion on the tongue when they, and they, under the claim that it was more dangerous than communion in the hand. And oh, we've got to protect the elderly priests. We've got to protect the people. But the minute they found out, as I said, you know, now that they found out that the Catholic Medical Association in the U.S. and Italy said it's safer on the tongue, have any of them, have any, said, oh, well, I'm going to outlaw communion on the hand in favor of communion on the tongue, which it was for the first 1,965 years, basically. Um, I'm, going to, I'm going to outlaw communion on the hand for the safety of my elderly priest. Have we heard that? Mm -hmm. Have we heard a single shepherd say that? Nope, no. not that I'm aware of. Listen, no. tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I will praise publicly the shepherd who said that. Yeah. Who even cares? Who, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, you haven't have, have heard one priest or bishop say that was that was that was an issue and and mr mr merwill said father do you recommend for catholics looking for meat and potatoes when there is none to be found now i don't think he's talking about the steakhouse I no no i, I about... had that you know i don't know which interview it was in but i talked about you know i'm trying to get my people have been taught by me my first parish for nine years so i was giving them meat and potatoes not mm -hmm. pablum and platitudes same here at St. James. I've been with them for almost, well, at this point, when this all started, probably close to two and a half years. Yeah. And so they were accustomed to, they didn't need baby food anymore. They didn't, they didn't, they were getting meat and potatoes as, as adults beyond, you know, a baby can stand. So uh, what happened then is, of course, then this all goes out all over the place. Uh, through no fault of my own. I mean, I had no idea. I don't even know how to do it. I don't know how to do it now. You had to send me some links so I could get on here. And uh, so I, meat and potatoes have been going out to a lot of people that maybe weren't quite ready for it. But you know what? So there is a legitimate constituency of people who are entitled to meat and potatoes. So um, it's just it's just error to say that they, they, they don't get meat and potatoes because there's some people out there who haven't been fed by the shepherds like they should have been for all these years. Uh, that, that, so therefore, you cannot speak meat and potatoes to the people that need to hear it. Listen, more, more we need meat and potatoes now more than ever. So um, <laughs> yeah. it's really the this real substance of the faith applied to our culture and, and country and, and world today. Uh, so if the answer to the question is, well, what do you recommend, recommend for those who are looking for meat and potatoes and none can be found? Uh, I would say that there are in every diocese meat and potatoes priests. I hear from them, and uh, most of them seem uh, cautious about serving up the meat and potatoes because everybody's afraid of persecution. Like I, on the May nineteenth, I gave what I, I don't know if I could improve upon it if I tried and tried and tried and tried, tried uh, a homily about persecution. How? Because somebody asked me, "What? What did they do to you in seminary that you don't speak up?" They, they actually asked that of me. I'm well. Uh, so I explained it all, exactly what goes on in the seminary and exactly what goes on in the diocese today in the Catholic Church. When if you dare raise your head above the pablum, oh my goodness, they're very quick. You know, heretics can run around spouting heresies like, oh, dare we believe there's no, <laughs> or, or there's no, nobody in hell. Or, or that, uh, you know, what James Martin goes around to. Yeah. And, and trying to, instead of saying, if you're wounded in interiorly, in, in God's designing your body uh, as a male or female, if you're wounded, 
It's not that. It's I've never complained about a sinner sinning. Oh, how could I? I'm a sinner. I sin grievously myself. I might be the worst sinner in the room. What I've ever complained about, ever, was all about teaching the truth. Because if we know the truth, then we can say, well, all right, I fall short of the truth, and I do more than more than probably anybody I ever talked to. I think I personally fall so short. Um, so, what I say is, okay, this is the truth. Now at least you know where to how to to try to strive. If it takes every day of your mortal life right. to work toward the truth, glory be to God. Just bring His healing grace into your life so that you can you can be healed. It's like yeah. painting the stripes on the side of the road so we don't run off the road. Well, if, if we're not as shepherds, painting those stripes to keep our sheep at least on the road, going toward uh, the difficult climb to Calvary, uh, then then what, what are we doing? So it's um, – did I answer the question? Yeah, you did. Okay. And I know we're um, – and thank you so much for coming on, Father Alma. I know we don't have um, too much longer, but I hope you come back on so we can. We have so many questions we didn't didn't uh, get to. So right. I hope you I hope you can come back on. Uh, what is October? Maybe early November. I hope. Okay. Um, but I know you have a conference coming up because I'll be at that conference as well. It's um, on a, a illumination of conscience. Okay. Yeah. It's gonna be in Wichita. I believe, right? Oh, oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's, I think, November 9th. Yeah. There's yeah, uh, yeah. first responders. Yeah, first responders. Yeah, right. Yeah, oh, so. It's to even serve them. Look how they serve us. There's my sign out front of the church says, God bless our police and firefighters. And what a sad comment is, I thought, will this be vandalized? Who in their right mind doesn't want our police and firefighters to <laughs> God to bless them? Right, right, right. So anyway, no, when they asked if I could just come speak to them, it's, it's a one-day thing. Uh, I thought I'll do what I can because they serve me. I will gladly serve them. Yeah, yeah. Have you given much thought on to the, the 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 topic, the illumination of conscience? Have you given yeah. much thought to that? We hear a lot about it, and uh, certainly a lot of books have been written. I think there's. I have one book that that I've been encouraged to read called The Morning. Um, I have to think that uh, each one of us, if we sit down before the tabernacle and are irradiated by the grace that comes forth from the real presence of our Lord, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And we actually shut up enough to listen that he will let us know, without having to wait for this big illumination, he will let us know the area that we need to work on right here, right now. That's called examination of conscience, properly entered into without fear because God loves us. There's no sin we can confess that would make our Father love us less. He loves us. Uh, he wants us to recognize the shortcomings and work on them. And if there's something particular in any one of our lives that need immediate addressing, he's going to let us know. Otherwise, it's otherwise like a gotcha, God. Oh, I gotcha. Why don't you tell me that was a sin? Yeah. I, as for illumination, why wait till this day comes? I can say, oh, good, it's coming. Good, they'll illuminate me. I'll say, I'm sorry, and then I'm good to go. No, 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 <laughs> now. Go on. To confession now. Examine your conscience now. No need to wait. Yeah. And uh, Rick, he he, he 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 affirms what you were saying. He's saying the fact that so many Catholics in these chat in these chats, yeah. like today, I think we're, we're approaching a thousand that's come in and out. Um, the fact that so many participate in these chats is proof that Catholics are not being fed the truth and are starving to hear it. 
So, and I thought I thought that was the most amazing thing about you, Father, when you came out with those those viral videos. I mean, you weren't saying anything revolutionary. You you weren't saying anything. We can't go pick up the the Baltimore Catechism exactly. and read. You, I mean, you had you offer no, you offer nothing new. But that's the scary part that you were just speaking just the good old just the good old the good old gospel, the good right. old truth, the old the old religion, and. Yeah. <laughs> And and, and and people were so hungry for that just that good old time religion that that it's 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 sad. I mean it's amazing that we have you, but it's sad that we don't have everyone's not like you. What what a sad comment it is that speaking the truth is now considered oh you're courageous. I've heard from all five continents, more countries than I can count, uh, with that exact same word, we're starving. And I'm thinking I thought I mean I, I made a joke once, but it was kind of true that I thought, well, everybody really does talk. I mean, I mean, I know nobody. Yeah, I have the lawyer background, so I might form it a, a certain way or something. But uh, but it's it's not happening. The, the word starving, starving isn't. Well, I, I want dessert after dinner. Starving is I'm not being fed at all. And that word has come in a thousand written letters. Starving. I'm starving. And I think, well, what does that say when when that, me? You had to come to some obscure church in the middle of, on the poor side of town. Uh, <laughs> I don't get it, uh, but yeah, there's that's what everybody says, and and uh, just seek and you'll find. That's uh, the greatest consolation. Seek and you will find. Jesus promised. So uh, keep seeking and you will find. And I know you have so many people visiting your parish. Someone, um, a Christine, who's who's been on my, I'm a fan of my Facebook page for a long time. She's coming from California, I believe. She's coming, going to be at your uh, parish. I think she said Wednesday or Thursday, maybe next week. So you have so many people coming from around the country and the world just to visit St. James the Less. That's amazing. It, it is amazing. Every day seems to – there were two people from California today and three people from Minneapolis that stopped and wanted to talk to me afterwards. So um, glory be to God, uh, blessing, blessing holy water, blessing religious articles, uh, sharing the faith with them, sharing the beautiful church that we have. That's been a real blessing for them and for me uh, because we're, we find out is we're not alone. There actually is a, a core, the few. Jesus said it was going to be few. I don't know why we think it's, oh, no, yeah, that's, that's what that business about everybody goes to heaven. I'm thinking, I don't, what part of few don't you understand? A kid understands that. Put a table out there, few candies on this end, many candies on this end. They say the kid, uh, which 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 pile of candies do you want? The few or the many? What what piles are you going to choose? <laughs> Why many? Because many means many. Yeah. 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 All right. Um. Which um. Before I like to ask you to um offer us a, a final blessing before you leave, okay. but one more question. Yes. Um. What are what do you so the debate tonight is with anti-Catholic, um, anti-human life Kamala Harris, and yes. I call her Kamala Harris. Everyone's. You know, she wants people to call her um, Kamala, right? Kamala, yeah. I mean, yeah. I used to be a high school teacher. You know, a lot of my students were black kids. Yeah. And if I look at that name on a piece of paper on the first day of school, I'm calling her Kamala, right? Because she yeah. identifies as black. Right. Yeah. She, she's Kamala, right? Right. <laughs> but so Kamala Harris, anti-Catholic. Um, Very much so. Is going to be debating Mike Pence tonight, who's probably who's more Catholic than Nancy Pelosi, right? Yeah. And Most people not... are. <laughs> yeah, my yeah, my Doberman is more Catholic than Nancy yeah. Pelosi. That's true. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so what what's um what are what are your thoughts? I mean, what do you what are, what do you expect to see tonight? 
yeah, I'm probably going to be working, so I won't see any of it. In, in fact, I know I'm, go I'm going to celebrate the mass at the parish family's house uh, okay. that, have, that have suffered greatly. And so I won't see any of it. And probably that's good for my heart and my blood pressure. Uh, I did I did see Mike Pence speak, what's today, Wednesday? So a week ago. No, it was a week ago Thursday. Or was it Wednesday? Anyway, saw him speak a week ago. And he was very faithful and loves america what's not to love uh and he's not buying into all this nonsense that the, the the agenda and the narrative and the talking points that kamala harris will want to go for yeah yeah I, to me they don't even have to debate it's like pointless because we already know joe or uh joe uh vice president pence is a faithful man believes in the constitution believes in our freedom we know this already her, on the other hand, out of the 100 senators measured like one most orthodox, two most liberal crazy, she's number 100. Okay. She's even worse than, who's the guy, Bernie Sanders? She's number 100. So it's just so obvious. And a Catholic, listen, I said it before, a Catholic can't vote for Joe Biden. Did I say that? It was something like yeah. that, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, she, Catholic can't, a real Catholic, true Catholic, can't vote for Kamala Harris either. Yeah, yeah the, whole, the whole the whole ticket is new. Now you say you say do not vote for Joe Biden. And someone on one of the videos okay. I made, you know, supporting you, some people had some people had come in and say, well, is he telling us to vote for Donald Trump? Are right, so what are you saying? Do not vote for Biden. Or are you saying vote for Trump? Yeah. Is or here's is it the a, same yeah. thing? Here's what I'd say. Uh, I'm neither Republican nor Democrat. I'm Catholic, and I will I will vote for that person who will most protect my freedom of religion to be Catholic. So, uh, but if there's anything that Trump's at, as a pun, but it wasn't anything that Trump's at is my baby that I'm trying to say. You know, as a lawyer, I was able to rescue children from abuse that I don't even want to talk about, uh, but I couldn't heal them. Hopefully as a priest, I can bring God's grace to heal them. Uh, but when you have 10,000, I can give you 10,000 reasons every Saturday why I'm going to vote for whom I'm going to vote for. For the first time in, in the history of the United States, since 73, we have a president that goes to the March for Life and stands up there and says, I am for life. Wow. And, and that ends the debate because there is all the wow. other evils combined. All the other evils combined do not rise to the level of 10,000 babies being ripped apart limb from limb by some godless monster. Yeah. And, and, and the left and the other ticket supports that 100%. So yeah, there's just no question. Like I said, if, if Cardinal Renze said a third grader can figure this one out. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm not saying, well, but here's the thing. Okay. Many people don't like Trump. His attitude is his manner, whatever. I, I think I just kind of fun to watch, but, uh, and, and really he, he loves America. So just from his completely religion, not part of the deal. Why don't you want somebody who loves America to be the president of America? Um, uh, but, but if, if voting for Trump, as much as I, because I, I like it, but let's say I didn't, I, I would vote for Trump regardless, just so the baby murdering crowd doesn't get into office. So uh, it, it, all you have to ask is one question. Is it okay for 10,000 babies to be ripped lip from limb every Saturday and then vote accordingly? Done. Simple. Simple, simple as that. Like Joe's, like the story Joe tells, his father said, it's as simple as that. Yeah. It's as simple, it's as simple as that. It is. Yeah. 
It is. Father Alman, thank you so much for coming on again. We hope to have you back. I'm sorry I couldn't get to everyone's questions. Um, but Father, can you um, send us off with a blessing. final blessing? The Lord be with you. With your spirit. And through the intercession of St. Tarsicius, Defender of the Holy Eucharist, through the intercession of St. Joseph the Workman, Foster Father of the Holy Eucharist, and through the intercession of Our Lady, Queen of the Holy Rosary, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in Amen. peace. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Boom, we can't get fooled again.